On today's episode of The Glue Guys, there's just, there is a swirl yeah. of off-season questions around your Brooklyn Nets. We haven't potted since the Nets were swept. We're not really going to talk about the series, we but, yeah. but we will discuss the fallout. The fallout. Fallout 3, New Vegas, right now. <laughs> This is Mike Air Silo Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Netsdaily.com. What voice is that? Roy uh, Firestone? Firestein? What's that guy? Mm. He was a he was an actor. Okay. Uh, check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, Netsdaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself find the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. A subsidiary of the New York Times company. Let's look at the stock price. Did they get the glue guys bump today? Down. It's gonna be down. It's gonna be down. 36%. The the markets Uh, are getting crushed out there, Mike. Don't don't look this week. Do you, can can that just be a uh, a running bit where we act like the stock price is dependent on our podcast? I also want to say that I don't think enough people appreciate that the bit is completely this subsidiary of the New York Times. Nobody's asked us to say that. Nobody. That's not. <laughs> oh, is there even a hint of people <laughs> believing that the New no. York Times is demanding that we put <laughs> yeah. that in as a disclaimer? I'd, I like to think that there's somebody out there who's like, man, these guys really sold out. They gotta. <laughs> I mean, one, I, I've been a shill. I've been. Ha- I've, well, you've been wanting to, to sell I, out for. <laughs> I want to sell out. I want to sell out. Yeah. No one wants to buy me. Like yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. They they continue. Uh, check us out on Twitter because. Uh, Brian, wow, what a what a thrill ride those playoffs were. Top moment from the the Nets twenty twenty three playoffs. Go. I know you have a bunch in your hopper. I hate the Cam Johnson dunk was big. Love the the. Uh, <laughs> Remember that? I forgot that was about big, that. That's a big dunk. That was um, a big dunk. Nick Claxton getting thrown out of the game for a, an extended mean mug, which begot our now enormous franchise of mugs, the mean mugs, with a bunch of different NBA NBA <laughs> player. It's the mugs in Draymond's the shape. Draymond's an investor. <laughs> yeah. Dylan yeah. Brooks is an investor. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Um, so that was huge for us. Um, trying to think of anything else. No, I mean that's basically it. The, I, I, so this conversation is going to be a lot about the swirling sort of news around. You know, at one point, one, there's this Kevin Durant story that I want to touch on. I don't know. Did you see it from the Ringer? Quotes from it. I, I uh, saw. I saw the story of him being. Is it the one about him being content being a journeyman or whatever? It. it it's about. Uh, I. I think there's some level of contentness. I don't know if he said the word content in there. He, he talked about like you know. Oh yeah, is content being a basketball yeah. that was All literally right, the fucking headline. Getting gas, I'm getting gaslit out of my mind right now. <laughs> I, I, that's so fucking funny <laughs> that I'm an asshole. Um, so sorry, too much cursing. I know people listen to hey, this. It's the off the season, car. man. We're we're off the wagon. You know, off on the, the wagon? wagon. I don't know, whatever it is. Now there's some about that, but like what I want to start with is is a priority and a focus surrounding what this off season should be for the Nets. And there was this odd bubble of news. It's so funny how this these things happen, and we don't pod for two days, and then it already seems like a dead news cycle. The idea that Damian Lillard wants to come to the Brooklyn Nets. And just for anyone who hasn't been tracking the news bulletins the way that we have, 
um, for most people who don't know, Brian and I get, we still have um, a ticker machine that they have the traditional, what the ticker has come from. We get news via this paper ticker that is done through Morse code. That's how we read our Nets news. And um, essentially what has happened is that someone, I think it was Chris Haynes or someone else. Yeah, it was Chris Haynes, I believe. Well, there was a, he was that, on the radio or on someone's podcast talking about this. I don't know if that's what you meant, but yeah. I yeah. think he was on his podcast, which is called Uncut, which one, as a podcast producer, there's multiple levels to it. One, you should cut. I mean, editing is a thing you should be proud of. Editing is a great element of podcasting. And two, as a Jew, anything say, called Uncut we- <laughs> is like, what? A, and Mark Stein's on the show, you know, like Mark Stein's. Part of it's the like, podcast. Don't make me be the He's one to Jew. make this joke, Mike. Don't. But do every time I see him, like, is this a podcast for uh, uncircumcised basketball fans? That's what I always imagine. Right. And what a great demo. Yeah. That's it. No one targets the uncircumcised. The uncircumcised, especially specific- the uncircumcised Jewish community, which has got to be a very <laughs> <laughs> uncircumcised Jewish community. It's got to be a unique. Demographic. I would like to know who Harrison Ford. I think is the only uncircumcised Jew. He's. Yeah. No, I don't know that from personal experience. I just assume he has the swagger of an uncircumcised man. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Nets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it came out. It was basically like, I wouldn't be surprised if X teams went after Damian Lillard and the Brooklyn Nets were one of them. And and then people dug up the quote where Lillard had talked about Mikhail Bridges in the past saying that he was uh, his favorite wing in mm-hmm. the NBA. And then if I have this right, Lillard was at game four. Yeah. Right. And people were, there's dots to connect. And then Chris Haynes. This is the, the best, un- this is the best part of the uncut one said no dots. There are dots. Don't even think about dots. There's no dots to connect the candy dots eliminated from the shelves oh. because uh, Lillard couldn't get tickets to the Knicks Cavs series. So he opted to just go to the Nets game. Oh, I like he, that's not how I sort of how I thought about it. I thought he was oh, saying tell me that thought. he was going to go to both games and he just couldn't get in. I mean, they're two at two separate times. You could you could ostensibly do both. Um, and that he maybe just that's a correct, and maybe I just did the bitter reading. I think you he know? did a bitter reading. I think I think he says pretty expressly um, that KD is content to be a journeyman and that um, <laughs> that Damian Lillard. I don't was, think it said but, content but, at all in that article. But here's, but here's the thing about it: it said that did the he, Bible talk about Christ at all? I don't think so. That, that Damian Lillard couldn't get, and he was very careful in choosing this the, these words. Couldn't get the seats that he wanted at the Knicks game. And yes. and that was the issue, which I don't know what the seats were. If the if he picks a very prestigious seat, you know those, you know John Stewart's got to sit somewhere, so he can't have his seats. Um, <laughs> but it actually, is is very hard to get. A, those good are tough. Seats. Those are tough tickets. A lot harder. Um, so, but he's careful to say that. But and he also did, I think, expressly say he was going to go to both games, and then he just couldn't get the next seat that he wanted. Well, just speaking of seats, our, our friend Bilga Urbiri tweeted this out. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, mm-hmm. the goddess herself, the one of the stars of Top Gun Maverick, a star of film and screen or film and TV or however the same yeah. goes. Requiem for a the, Dream. That's a great one. She, <laughs> I know. And, and she goes, no, it's like it's it's hard to rationalize that film and then like Top Gun Maverick where yeah. what she does in Requiem for a Dream and then when she has foreplay with Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick, it's like they're rolling around laughing. It's okay. just like there's different sides of her. I still haven't I, seen Top Gun Maverick, so don't no spoilers, okay? 
I I won't spoil the. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic film. I don't. I'm, I'm gonna see it. Today. Don't you dare. Don't it's you better dare. than Bo is Afraid, Brian. <laughs> Bo's Afraid is a that was a, that was a tricky one. More um, on that in the after show. We got to get into this. But, but Jennifer Connelly was at the Nets game four, and she screamed at the jumbotron as she was on it, and the whole energy is what I loved. Another highlight of the playoffs. Uh, to get back to Damian Lillard. So again, we're in this discussion about, you know, it, it was fomenting on Twitter and the message boards for days. Oh, should the Nets go after Jamie Lillard? What would it take? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And and then Chris Haynes put out that there's zero dots. And, you know, I had been talking to some Nets fans one-on-one about this idea that, like, we need to remove our mentality for a moment that superstars want to come to Brooklyn. They wanted to come to Brooklyn because KD and Kyrie chose Brooklyn. And then there was Harden wanted to play with them or some other like buyout former good player, like Blake Griffin wanted to be here. I still think the nets are going to be an attraction on some level. There, there, there will be team players that want to play in New York. And even though the Knicks are a better team right now, they'll still be an uneasiness about saying like, I definitely want to play for the Knicks because just more pressure. The franchise has been shaky over shakier over a longer span of time than the nets. I still think the nets will be attractive. They are not though in the tier. I don't know if you agree with me of like a guy like Damian Lillard, you know, like just, just up and leaving the franchise that he is so publicly talked about how much he loves being a trailblazer to go play with Mikhail Bridges, right? Like what would be the team left over if you traded for Damian Lillard? No first round picks would be gone. You would, I guess you would sign and trade Cam Johnson over to them. You'd probably trade Nick Claxton, just telling everyone that that's what would happen. I, I guess Ben Simmons would be in the deal, but the Nets would then have to attach even more picks to get rid of Ben. So basically be all the picks, Ben Simmons, which I don't, you know, again, we can talk about whether we miss him or not. Cam and Nick Claxton, sure. Yeah, that sounds okay. So then you're left with Lillard, Bridges, like Cam Thomas. Like what, you know, so we just need to take a pause, Brian. Yeah. Well, we've, we've broken through the glass ceiling, right? And the glass ceiling in my mind is of signing superstar, 1A superstars in free agency, right? Not 100%. a whole lot of teams are in a position to do that. Um, personnel decision-making stuff aside, like, I'm that's pretty OP and it's the best way to kind of like build a team. So I'm now just jonesing for more free agency stuff. Like I've, I've really enjoyed how relatively limited the fallout was of having to trade KD and Kyrie in the same season, in the same week, Mike, let's call it what it is. Um, yeah. and, uh, Harden, not, not too long after. Um, so it's pretty tempting to be like, Hey, we could just hold, just hold tight for a second, you know, watch that Mikhail Bridges story arc, just build, you yes. know, get Nick Claxton, his reps, get, get everybody, you know, Cam uh, Johnson's got a lot of room for growth. I think, you know, just like, let's, let's build the, the bedrock, you know, get that bedrock nice and hard. Yep. And then, well, let's make it nice and soft, actually a soft landing for a superstar, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice soft landing for that next free agent superstar, because now we've done it right. Hardest thing is to be a, a Franchise that's in a position that is both geographically, managerially, personnel-wise, a, a place where you can get somebody in free agency. And, like, let's leverage that, you know, because it's it's really nice when you don't have to give up. You don't have to leverage your future um, to, to do that, you know? 
Yeah, and and to go to that Kevin Durant article in The Ringer, the one where he talks about being content, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, literally in there. So people are there's butthurt Nets fans, and I get the butthurt. Like it pained me to watch. We're recording this on Wednesday. I watched the Suns Clippers game, and just to see Kevin Durant out there in a playoff situation, and he was like guarding people in the post, um, and then he was scoring buckets. And they knocked the Clippers out of the playoffs. And I'm like, man, I I miss that guy. Like, mm. I miss that guy so much to yeah. watch as, as being a Brooklyn. I don't miss Kyrie one bit. And we should address, I don't, did you see the Kyrie tweets? I did uh, on about the Giannis thing. Yeah, that someone, so uh, what, Brooklyn Nets fan 80, or Brooklyn Nets 85 on Twitter, who is a guy that, a mystery man. Yeah. Been, um, been on who, the forums, on the Twitter forever. Been bouncing around. And, a free agent. And he, he seems to always get the attention of KD. Like, of every NBA player, they will respond to something that he said. Yeah. He was the guy that KD was like, get get your like get your life together, basically. <laughs> you know? Cla- classic. Classic and, KD and, dunk. And, and Kyrie, like, so Brooklyn... Nets 85 had tweeted out about how, um, you know, like th- this, the Bucks series where KD, his foot was on the line, like, oh, no, where he, where I guess it was the one where Giannis stuck, yeah, his, stuck foot his foot um, under Kyrie. And he just tweeted out the image. He said, now you know how we feel. No, it was in response to somebody who's who's complaining about like, wow, it's so crazy that a whole buck season just goes up in flames because of one like dirty play or something, right. which was hilariously Tone deaf if you're not just drinking the Kool-Aid, Giannis's Kool-Aid. Okay. And here's how Kyrie respond Kyrie responds this. I don't think it was even tweeted at Kyrie. Kyrie says, Oh, it's off the wire. Yeah. One of the most disappointing and painful moments of of career. If I don't get hurt that series, every single one of us on that Brooklyn team slash bandwagon would be championships. No champions. No effing doubt about it. Hella, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, it's like, actually, I I appreciated the Met. Like, if he said that as a net, like, if he had said that while he was still with the Nets, that's a message I appreciate. You know, even even though it's like butthurt and, um, you no, know, a little. It was there. But I, I appreciate that. I want that. I want someone to be like, because that was like a time when he actually felt like he, rep- he actually cared about being a Nets player by saying that. And now he... <laughs> He, he's not here. You know what I think too also, and I'm glad that I don't have to do this. If, it was, if the context was different, if I didn't just net agree with everything he's saying, the one thing that just like is a classic kind of Kyrieism that, that get piques my interest is the bandwagon, you know, the use of the word bandwagon, like who's, who is on the bandwagon exactly? Are we, you know, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. was that Blake Griffin or who we're talking does about? He think, Name does, he, names. does he think the bandwagon is like, is just the general term for fans? I, I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> <that's> the, <laughs> I think that cause like, when he said I, cause, team slash cause his, bandwagon, cause his I'm fans, he, his fans must actually be just like all bandwagon fans, and so, <laughs> so maybe it's just like a, a bias from his his little and he window. Just in thinks the that's like a good thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, to go back to KD, to, to go back, this is a an, a a serpentine podcast. We're kind of flying all over the place here. Yeah, it's. I I thought KD did not a favor. It's like, he's just talking. I think people need to realize these guys aren't like particularly Kevin Durant is really not like 
we classically talk about LeBron as like LeBron knows everything that he's saying. He has a reason behind everything he says. He's trying to impact us uh, or impact the NBA and everything that he does publicly. Katie's a little less guarded. I mean, at times he's very guarded and at other times he just kind of lets it rip. And he's guarded, he was, but not strategic. That's how it's, I would call him. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great way yeah. to put it. He was pretty complimentary of the Nets. Has been. Um, he cried. I will never forget him crying at that news conference. So out of place. Or not yeah, out of place. It just felt like, you know, where was it? Where no, was it? No, it was shocking. Yeah. I thought. Didn't you? Like, shocking. Totally. Again, another bit of emotion that we weren't given. And he says in this article to Logan Murdoch, he says, the knowledge and information that the Nets gave to me on just my body in general helped me learn more about myself. So it was a great four years there. And obviously on the court with our team, there's a lot of ups and downs with the roster. But once the ball tipped, I just loved working there. Um, and, you know, so people are, and he says, this, that was an important part of my life, being with the Nets. Incredible four years. I love the state of New York. I love the state. So, yeah. like, he loves, like, the, Buffalo. Know, big shout out. The southern tier. Yeah. He's a big southern <laughs> tier. He loves Skinny Atlas. <laughs> yeah. If Katie has a house in Skinny Atlas, I would die. I would love that. Elmira. Uh, big, big shout out to Elmira, <laughs> New York. You ever been there? That's a crazy uh, place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's dark place. Yeah, it's um, awesome. I had friends who got jobs out of, El, out of Newhouse. Okay. To go to Elmira and be news broadcasters Whoa. and doing not the place what? for twenty two year olds. <laughs> doing, you know, yeah, uh, oxycotton mills and uh, that was the oh. fires. You know, just everything, Got everything it. that would happen there. Yeah. Um, he says, "Good family and friends there. Played some of the best ball of my life. Gained a lot of confidence that I lost when I tore my Achilles." Now people are upset about a particular thing he says. Uh, so Durant was asked what went wrong in Brooklyn. He says, you got to ask them, to be honest. My job is to play, and I think I did that. Rehab, a lot of stuff was out of my control that I didn't, I can't speak on, to be honest. But I just thought we didn't get enough minutes together, and that's all. Um, and he also, the other standout quote, not just to read the whole thing, was that he was asked about his relationship with Kyrie, and he declined to really get into that. Um, it's deeper than basketball, he says, but I wouldn't say it was a problem. I didn't think it was a problem. Anyways, people I wouldn't say about, it was a problem if I didn't, I didn't catch that part. He says, I, that's something I'm going to keep internal. I don't want to expose our relationship. I think that's deeper than basketball, meaning his relationship. But I wouldn't say it was a problem. I didn't think it was a problem. KD has hinted that he was obviously upset with Kyrie's availability at times. Um, I think he kind of blames Kyrie and he also blames the team on some level for the different ways that the Nets treated Kyrie. Um, all of this is to say that we've done the superstar rodeo. We certainly could again. Um, I'll, after the break, I will run through all the teams that are going to be desperate oh. or going going to guys who are going to be available. And it is an interesting list. Let's do it. But but we, let's just, what do we want? What do we want? You know, let's, want? Everyone, I want everyone to think about while we're in the break, and I'm reading Take a second. ads for all the great companies that sponsor this podcast for the New York Times company. Stock price is, uh, <laughs> just to think, ruminate on that. Yeah. We'll come back from the break and do that. Okay. And we're back, Brian. Yeah. So I put together this list of what I call the desperate teams, the, the thirsty teams, okay? Mm. And some of it needs to be, even updated because Atlanta was the first team on that list and they beat, you know, all my like, we shouldn't trade for Trey Young. I regret all those takes because he's a, he's a killer at mm. times. You know, mm. he's a guy, he's a dude. 
Um, Mike, you're but, getting you're getting suckered right back. Anyways, we can. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, this whole podcast is yeah. about like don't don't trade for guys. Yeah. Um, just quickly listing the teams that could be very desperate. The Clippers they lost to the Suns, right? Kawhi had this had this injury. PG had an injury. You could explain away uh, why all that's happening, but they it didn't. You know they are going to be desperate. Like, can you really bring that team back again? The wizards fired their GM, whoever they hire next, are they going to really want to keep Bradley Beal? Are they going to tank? Are they have two free agents in Porzingis and Kuzma? What do they do? Memphis is about to get bounced out of the playoffs by the Lakers. Most likely. We already know that they offered four first round picks for Mikhail Bridges. How much were they offer for like Royce O'Neal or Joe Harris or DFS, right? Like could, you know, cause I think, Bridges is now moved into mm. pretty untouchable. I would say, oh, well. obviously there's things you would trade. Like sure. if a team, like let's say some team with bad lottery odds comes up and wins the lottery and they have like women. Yeah. You would trade the first pick for bridges, but that's not going to happen. Um, Milwaukee. What, what is Milwaukee going to do? They, they are about to be bounced out of the first round they're going to be sl- they don't have much to trade but they're going to be desperate. Minnesota. Rudy Gobert's situation is completely ugly. Rudy Gobert was bad last night. He is the direct reason why their playoff run has been so short and uneventful. Um they are out of the playoffs. What are they going to do? That's a really more of a Ben Simmons situation that we've talked about. The Rudy Gobert Ben Simmons flip. Um so you have Minnesota, Milwaukee, Memphis, Wizards, Clippers, the Cavs have a weakness at wing, and everyone knows that the Nets could probably flip Royce or DFS for a first-round pick pretty easily. Atlanta is still probably going to make decisions, even you know, unless if they win this series against the Celtics. And if they beat the Celtics, the Celtics are going to have a lot of decisions to think about because if they lose in the first round after having been very healthy, they're they're a healthy team right now. So so just to say, um. The Nets are actually in a very good place. Mm. They're in a rare place in the NBA. Okay. They and I and I want to ask you this. Yeah. I would say they are not desperate. No. Right? No. I mean, we're in that rare position of being kind of comfortably at like just maybe slightly above a 500 team. Maybe maybe not, I don't know. Probably like a five, I mean, if we just run it back exactly as is next year, what do you think is is a realistic win total here? Well, so that's an interesting question that I wanted to ask you is that how good is this team if they just run it back? I think it's like a 40 win team. I'm going to say somewhere like that, potentially. I don't know. I mean, what was our, we should have done this beforehand, but like, what was our win loss? They total were like after? just below, they were just sub 500. Yeah. That feels right. I mean, it feels like that, that passes my sniff test. Like there's, it's a weird team. Obviously there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of three and D wings on this team at the moment. Um, so you would retool a little bit going into the next season, but let's just for the hypothetical, I, I think it's like a, yeah, 39, 41 team. That's totally realistic. So it's like, you know, that's, that's a borderline playoff team in a, in a week, weaker conference. Um, is that, but, but also there's just no gun to our head to do, sorry, in Roblox, uh, to do anything <laughs> meaningful next season, because again, we're back in this place of personal growth, which is our kind of our specialty, Mike. Um, and we always, it's, it's interesting how we kind of go away from that. It's this, this spectrum. You're either all in on, on your window of championship or it's, you're all in on your, you know, growing your, your homegrown team, even though this is anything but a homegrown team. Um, yeah. so, so yeah. So I would say, I don't know. Is that crazy to say it's a 41 team? 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's right. So like my then my question off of that is like, is that good enough? Because like here are the teams that were 40 win teams. The Bulls, Raptors had 41 wins, the Thunder had 40 wins, and I'd put them in a different category. The the Pelicans ended up with 42 wins, but then you know they just had such a weird situation with Zion. You know, and in the desperate teams, I didn't even mention like the Mavericks are obviously gonna be desperate. The Raptors, I don't know if they're desperation, but they fired Nick Nurse and the Bulls act like they won't be desperate, but like, what are the bulls doing at this point? So, I mean, my, my spy driven thing is obviously I want to wait to trade the Mavs pick back to them for Luca and just have it be the, <laughs> yeah. the coup of the century, you know? Yes. So again, I've talked about this before. I think the the nets need to take a page out of the Knicks book and be cautious. Don't you do not just rush into the first semi superstar that bats your eyes um, obviously if the Knicks had made the Donovan Mitchell trade and they had then signed also, uh, Jalen Brunson, and I don't know if that would have worked, but I'm just assuming it maybe could have, um, that would have been incredible for them, but they still sit with like a great collection of assets that they will be able to flip for someone, whoever that may be. The, the Nets need to remain in flexibility mode. Now, now here's the thing though, but if they're a 40 win team, is that enough to still draw the interest of a superstar? I mean, what were, what were we the summer before KD and Kyrie came? I mean, it's got to be, what was it, 41 wins, 42? Let's let's see what they were. Um, I'm looking up on basketballreference.com. Here we go. Here very, we go. Very that's, fantastic a, that's a credible website. source. That's one credible source. Yeah, 42 and 40. Come on. How about um, my memory, Mike? How about that? That's fantastic. So to, so I think everyone needs to remember what, like, again, like that. that's the kind of team that this – I mean, obviously, there's some very similar players. What I would, what my operating plan for this offseason, but obviously, I mean, obviously, you're going to be in on conversations if guys are available and if it works fantastic or not. But I would be very interested in making like a mid tier trade that doesn't give up a ton of assets. You know, like you could trade something like if you get anything for Joe Harris. The pick you get for Royce O'Neal going to Cleveland, combine a couple of things to then get um, like a really good second ball handler type. But you don't want to give up a ton. Like this team needs specific things for next season. Yeah. Let's assume they re-sign Cam Johnson. Claxon's back. Bridges is back. Spencer's back. Well, what you really need is like like a pretty good two guard. Who can make some stuff happen? I want a pretty Take, good. Like, I want a pretty good one guard. Is what I want. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing with Spencer is like people may not love Spencer as like the lead guard, but he is flexible. He can he could be next to. It's a good Luka. in a pinch, but I think even he would agree that his that's not his natural best situation. So, to me, Trey like if Trey Young is made available. That's just going to be, it's going to be too much. Then you are depleting assets because I think there will be enough teams that will want Trey Young. And I don't think the Nets are the right team for him. Even though, like, if the Nets don't give up their wing, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to figure out what you'd have to give up for Trey Young. Because, like, the perfect team for him would be Spencer as the the off guard, Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton. Like, that's, the, that's a great... You have a pick and roll partner with Nick Claxton. You have shooters. Everything's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you're going to have to give up elements of that to get Trey Young. 
So that's what's hard about trying to distinguish whether you want him yeah. or not. Would, would you just in a vacuum, same package, Trey Young over Damian Lillard? That's that's already locked in for you? Trey Young over Damian Lillard. Um, no, I would still rather have Dame. I just don't think it's any – there's no – his next move is not to Brooklyn. Unless if we get – like even though he says he loves Mikhail Bridges whenever he said that, um, I'm not going to put – like they they may be friends and they may have genuine affection for each other. Whoa. If I'm Dame, my next move is like is to play with the Lakers and LeBron or to play with What? He's gonna do that move? That's the move. It's championship or bust for him. That's the only reason why I think he would leave Portland is to yeah. win a championship. Not to get another scrappy upstart. Or yeah. like to go to Phoenix. Portland East. Yeah. And not that Phoenix can trade much of anything, <clears> but you can they send? But his Peyton his brand at this point has been so much about not doing that. He's been so public; like it would be such a an about face. You know how could you? Oh yeah, that it's a rare thing for an NBA player <laughs> to change exactly what they said they were going to do and then do I, the thing. Well, I, there's not Look a at whole, Russell Westbrook. I want to. <laughs> I mean, on an individual level, I, there's no reason to think Lillard would be the one to change the stance. But point taken. I'm I'm here for it. Do you? So I just mentioned his name. This is my oh, my I, true I secret weapon plan for this offseason, okay? As much as I did not want Russell Westbrook on this team when it was um, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, when Ben Simmons was still a factor within the equation, I'm not saying I'm dying for Russ, but I w- if I'm Sean Marks, I would be very interested in what the Russ market is going to be because – regardless of how you feel about him in terms of the level of inefficiency and, and trust me, I under, he makes mistakes at the end of games. He makes boneheaded decisions. He's like, not exactly what this team needs, but he could be the perfect thing that this team needs for the price. Cause he's, he is a free agent. I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to offer him anything more than at the most, like a mid-level exception. Um, and he's kind of what parts of him are what the Nets need. Yeah. Here's what he is, you know, super attacking, which is <laughs> super attacking, super attacking is what the team yeah. needs. Yeah. Pidgeotto like speed. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a good rebounder. He's nasty. Is that a Pokemon Mark's, Pidgeotto? Yeah. Pidgeotto. <laughs> okay. It's a evolved form of Pidgeot or something. Pidgeotto is like the second tier okay. of a, whatever it's one of the pokemon you can get early on in the game okay um not like you get you get it you don't get it from the lab but you, i've got you a big blind spot for pokemon i will i confess to this i've never played one i know it's bad yeah. well i'm trying to teach you I'm trying yeah, to impart you. that knowledge my friend um people are gonna hate the idea of russ you know if if i'm the nets like part of my thing part of my issue with trying to just like keep everything level and being a 41 team is like then you kind of don't become that appetizing to the stars, to the Lucas of the world. Yeah. And you need to be able to compete for like a fifth seed while also not like blowing anything for the future. And Russ is that guy. Like Russ fits in like, you know, there are problems with him, but he he does the things and he is a very good rebounder for being a guard. Mm. Um, he brings in the nastiness like we talked about. Um, there's like 
you know, there's a great mentality about him that I think would really be exciting. I'm just saying I I would be very interested to see what Russ, what's the value of Russ? Just tell me. And if it's too much, hey, I'll walk away. Well, I'll walk me, away from the table. Let me put it this way: <clears throat> I think it's a little dependent on the Ben Simmons situation, and I know, I know that that's an annoying <clears throat> caveat to uh, to set as a pretense for this conversation. But like, if there's a world in which Ben Simmons comes back with that fabled 85 percent of his All Star self that we've that we've been we can we we want we want it we got to have it. Um, <clears throat> if that happens, then I do think that the redundancy of two spectacularly non-shooting guards at on the floor at the same time, make it, you know, maybe a prohibitive thing. However, in the scenario in which that's not the case, for whatever reason, Ben's stacking those DNPs, do you think it makes a lot of sense? Now, those are not, that's not a great situation to be in in the first place. You're, you're operating from yes. a, a place of not great leverage <clears throat> personnel wise. But um, for me, I'm open to it. I think it's a, r- a little bit of a read and react situation with regards to Ben Simmons. I know that that's like probably unrealistic just because this decision has to be made sooner than you'll have the information in hand. Um, so I don't know exactly how you finagle that situation, but um, practically that's sort of how I see it. I just wouldn't want them on the floor at the same time. It's just too, it's, it's, it would just be too, too much of a meme. I can't have that much memory at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it, so the Russell Westbrook plan would be dependent on, I mean, so like, I actually wouldn't think about Ben Simmons at all. I don't care about him. Well, screw you too, Mike. How about that? I just don't think about him at all. Like, cause yeah. he, he's, who knows what his health is going to be, like who he's going to be mm. to team build. Not, I know, I know you're not really saying this to team build it all around. Ben Simmons is like, that's just a, a fool's errand. I really, um, I think, I think you gotta be thinking about a flow chart of if then statements, you know, like if we have both of them and they're both healthy and they're both playing, but now you can't play them at the same time. That just creates a headache. I, I just think it's worth considering. I mean, obviously you're playing for like a best, best case scenario in that case, which is with those two guys, not a, not a, usually a good thing to do, but you know, if, yeah. the, if, if in the flow chart, in the flow chart, the, the, the guy that, so like, again, Russell Westbrook's not tier one plan. The tier one, there's. What is, yeah, what's is, the tier one plan then? I don't know what if this is tier one, but a, a guy I'm more even more interested. But yet, it seems like the team that he's on is not gonna uh, just ship off every asset. I am interested to see if like the Bulls are gonna give up, and because they did have such a bad season, and if Demar Derozan, like I kind of, I think he's on an expiring contract. He's. He's an amazing, like he's just an amazing scorer. He's exactly what this team needs. Known <laughs> good guy. Can I throw out a meme name too while we're talking about the Bulls? Yeah. I don't know where Lonzo Ball is and his mystery injury. Oh, wow. <laughs> but if we're talking about like, you know, high risk, high potential reward, because I liked, you know, the season that he had right before this whole thing happened, um, there's a lot to like about what Lonzo was doing. Um, so I don't think there's that, rumors that it's like retirement level it really. stuff. I mean, that's a, I mean, the amount of rumors about this injury is, it's, uh, it's a whirlwind, Mike. No, but you're right. Like what he was is like I I always love that player. Defensive, quick moving. It's funny you know, that they're all kind of guard. three sort of somewhat different but similar versions of like the weird weirdly shooting on call it like because they have they have their their hot spots all all three of them. Well, Ben Simmons has zero hot spots, but um, yeah, they're all just kind of like different variations of the same like kind of not easy to work with archetype of a player. Yeah, I just I like DeRozan because he's also like again, he's like a he is a very efficient This is a totally scorer. different player though, Mike. I mean, now we're just talking about 
just get well, as we want. But like, that's the kind of the good thing about this Nets roster is that you could, you could fit in a lot of type of dudes. Russ is a worse fit, uh, admittedly, than DeRozan. Like DeRozan could be on any team in the NBA. I feel like because of his mid range scoring. Where like Russ, yeah, if you're playing him with Ben Simmons, that would suck. But I don't. I just have no faith in Ben Simmons. Um, the Nets need a guy who can score on his own in any situation. And DeRozan's like maybe they're going to be like the cheapest one available. Um, th- this was again. This was just a table. Set we're gonna... Yeah, we're st- we're setting the table for a big offseason. Like, wow, let's stretch it out. Let's stretch it uh, out. Well, uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back in your ears as soon as possible. I'm sure we're going to get so much more into it. Oh, we're yeah. also going to hear more rumors from more teams about who they don't like. You know how the offseason gets. It gets crazy. Out teams there. are bouncing out of the playoffs. So it's thank you all so much nuts. for listening. All right, discord.gg slash glue guys, epic glue guys ugh, on Twitter, New York Times. Grab yourself a fresh paper at your local bodega. We're out of here. Say goodbye, Mike. Bye.